0: Going on, here. I'm like they done hijack my service. I'm looking at the program here, trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, man, y'all trying to make a brother cry. If I talk too much about it, I'll start crying. Uh, but uh, I just want to thank the Lord. Thank you guys so much. It's much appreciated. Both my wife and my We're glad to be here. We're having we having a ball, and um, uh, it just it's good to feel appreciated. and We appreciate that, and. Um, if I keep talking, I'm going to start crying, so. And the Camden boys are going to talk about me if I cry, so. I'm trying to, I'm trying to pull it together now. <laughs> oh, man. Now, you know, I had planned to preach one sermon, but after that, uh, after all that love y'all showed me, I need to preach my nice sermon today. <laughs> <laughs> Just leave this Cleveland Brown stuff up here, and that'll keep me angry. Come on, David. <laughs> but again, I just again, um, just glad, just glad to be here. Uh, humble. Um, don't want the, don't want the spotlight. Um, what can I say? I'm just glad to be here. Thank the Lord. Thank God. Thank God for you. Praise the Lord. And um, really looking forward to what God is going to do. Let's get down to business. I want to first uh, thank um, the Lord Jesus Christ for giving me another year of life. Amen. Yeah, man. Brother, I, t- I, I told the young folk, I, from the neck up, I'm LeBron, but from the shoulders down, I'm Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. <laughs> I can't, can't move like I used to, but it's in here. It's up, it's up in here. And so anyway... And if you young folk that want to test me, I'll be there tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock at Raymond to play ball. So come on out. Come test me out. Um, let, me, let me do this. As you know, we have been in flight school. If you've been blessed by flight school, let me hear you say amen. amen. We've been in flight school, and the Lord is blessed. Uh, I want to invite our young people to come forward now. Um, we have had 11 young people to make decisions for baptism as a result. downstairs the teenagers have been preaching and planning the service it's been by them they've been leading it and the lord has uh tremendously blessed and so i want to thank god for what he is doing down there there is a revival taking place some of y'all ain't been there so you heard about it but this is our last week of uh of flight school and uh i've invited our young people they have flyers if you're a teenager if you have teenagers and you'd like for them to be there, raise your hand. I want these young people to put flyers in your hand so you can be a part. If they don't raise their hand, shove it in their hand, put it in their hand. We want them to be there. Uh, let's give these young people once again another round of applause. For, uh, for many of them, you may be seated. For many of them, you may be seated. For many of them, it's the first time they've ever preached. And so it's just a testament to what God will do when you make yourself available to him. Come on, say amen. Uh, they made themselves available. Uh, they've planned it. Some of y'all wouldn't understand the service down there. They got a little hip-hop and all kind of stuff going on. But at the end of the day, our souls are coming to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we praise God for that. And we thank God for you. As we go into our last week, we want to encourage you to, um, to come on out. And, and I'm not going to tell you to come out and support because I don't need support. Uh, I don't need a crowd. Uh, I I want you to come out so that you can receive a blessing. Uh, If you are hungry to move your relationship with God to another level, then show up. Uh, We don't need support. We need folk who are hungry about Jesus Christ. Come on, say amen. In addition to that, this is a good time to bring your friends and neighbors to hear these timely messages. Uh, We've been seeing visitors and individuals come each night, and they've been blessed by these last day messages as we've been trying to prepare people for the coming of the Lord. How many want to be ready? As the young folks say, real talk. How many of you really want to be ready? How many got your mind made up? You, you, know, you know, you've been through hell down, on he, down here. You ain't going again. Come on, say amen. amen. Praise the Lord. Let's stand together as we get ready to go into Word. Thank you, uh, young men and young lady uh, for helping to assist me. And then we're going to get right into the word of God. Let's pray. Father, um, I ask your blessings upon this meeting. We are, we are literally trying to be obedient to the Holy Spirit you told us to go you did not tell us to sit and wait you said go we're going God we got no money but we're going we got we, we, we don't have a, a, a state-of-the-art church but we're going uh, we don't have all the other things that we would like to have but we're going we don't have all our money for the boiler but we're going and because we desire to go in your name we're asking, God, that you will bless our humble efforts. We're praying, we're fasting, we're seeking you. Now we're saying, God, just, just because your word said it, blessed us. We're not worthy, but we, we go in your name. Now, now, Father, right now, the enemy has been on the attack. Ever since we declared war on the devil, the enemy has been on the attack. I pray right now, oh God, that we will keep our eyes focused, that we will not be distracted, that we will recognize that, that, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and power. And we claim the victory right now. We claim the victory right now in lives where the devil has had a stronghold and, and his grip on them. We claim victory right now. Marriages that have, been, that have been cut aside, we claim victory in the name of Jesus. For our young people that are coming back to the Lord in droves, we claim victory right now. Victory is ours, saith the Lord. And because our God is victorious, we are victorious. So we thank you for the victory as we open your word, we ask right now for an extra portion of your Holy Spirit. God, I need your help today. Help a brother out today, God. I need you today. Open up the scriptures to us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. Remain standing for the reading of the scripture. Go with me to Luke, the 13th chapter. Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter, what book did I say, everybody? Luke 13, thank you, it's on the screen. The New International Version, you can join in with us there. Luke chapter 13, verses 1 through 9. Luke 13, 1 through 9. Hadn't planned on preaching this. But the Lord has directed me here just this morning. And I'm going to go here today, Luke 13. What book did I say? Come on, talk to me in here. Come on, get with it. What book did I say? The book. What chapter did I say? 13. 13. What verses? Nine. 1 through 9. 1 through 9. Uh, listen to me. The Bible says now there were some present at the time who told Jesus about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. Jesus answered. Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered this way? Verse 3. I tell you, no. But unless you do what, everybody? Unless you repent, you too will all perish. Or... Those 18 who died when the tower in Siloam fell on them, do you think they were more guilty than all the others living in Jerusalem? I tell you no, but unless you do what, everybody? You too will all perish. Now, this is what I'm going to preach on. Verse 6, the Bible says, Then he told them this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. He went to look for fruit on it, but did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard." Us Lord, today for three years now, I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should you use up the soil? Verse 8 Sir, the man replied, Leave it alone for one more year. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. On this, my 34th birthday, I thank God that he left it alone for one more year. Leave it alone for one more year. Somebody say one more year. year. And, and, And I'll dig around it and fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, cut it down. The title of my message today is God, now now listen, God knows what he's dunging. God knows what he's, look at your neighbor. (laughs) Not D-O-I-N-G, D-U-N-G-I-N-G. In the King James Version, it says dung around it, does it not? Yeah. If you look at the NIV, it's it sanitizes it and says fertilize it. Yeah. But let's be clear here. We're talking about dung today. God knows what he's dunging. Let's thank God for his word today as we begin. You may be seated. You may be seated. Ah. Uh, There are individuals that all of us know about, who we say to ourselves, "What a waste." Have you ever said that before? You, you look at the opportunities given. You look at their talent, you look at their upbringing. you look at their experience. look at you look at, their, you look at the, the experiences that they've come out of, and you say to yourself, "What a waste." You know, one of the first people that comes to my mind when I think about this, and I say this not in a derogatory way, but during the time that I first wrote this message, uh, Whitney Houston had been checked into a a drug rehab facility. And I will be honest with the rest of you today who will be honest with me in admitting that Whitney Houston probably is one of the greatest voices ever. Come on, say amen in here. Now, I know y'all don't listen to Whitney Houston except in passing you know, you, somebody on your job had been playing with me, and that's how I heard it, you know, just in passing, you know, I've heard about her, but let's be honest in here today, that girl can sing, come on, say amen, oh man, I, 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 I remember the first time that I ever heard her, the, the, that popular song, she said, I believe the children are our future, and and all the great hits that none of y'all know about. You're not familiar with these hits. I want to run to you, and so forth. These are songs that I've heard that she sings, and I've just been amazed. But you're talking about a, a, a voice out of this world. Well, Whitney grew up in the church. Whitney, Whitney was singing in church like many of you sang in church. Whitney, Whitney's mom was, was church going. Matter of fact, she is a gospel artist, and and you look at the skill set she had, the opportunities given, but, but when, her, when her life seemed to crash and burn, it seemed to be one of the saddest stories. You look at all the, the opportunities she had. Look at all the money she had. You look at her life's experience and you say to yourself, how, how do you get to a place where you get on television and you have to quantify which drugs are better than the others? And, and her legendary statement, I don't know if she hit rock bottom more than this, when she said, crack is whack. And the assumption is that yeah, I use drugs, but I don't use crack because crack is inexpensive. The bottom line is she had gotten to a place where she was now she was now justifying her drug use and, and justifying her bad lifestyle at least by saying it. If I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it big. The bottom line though with her story is it's a waste. There was a, there's a guy in, uh, who should have been an NBA player. Most of you won't know him. His name is. Earl, My, Earl Mygoat, I believe his name, uh, 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 Kareem Abdul-Jabbar said he's the best basketball player that he's ever seen. But before he could even make it to the NBA, he got strung out on heroin. How many stories, of, some of you are woulda, coulda, should shouldas right now. Uh, as, I, as I look out here right now, some of you should be somewhere, should have accomplished But your lives, basically, you wallow in regret. Uh, uh, You compare yourself to other people. and, And if the truth is told today, there are many of us here today that kind of feel like if I only had done A, B, and C, I'd be where I could really be. One of the worst feelings in the world is to know that you had an opportunity and you let it slip through your fingertips or or you had, or, or the, the moment that God had ordained for you to rise and to shine and to maximize the blessings and potential that he had placed in your life. But, but for whatever the reason, because you were distracted or, or because you were so caught up in yourself or caught up, you know, one of, the, one of the worst things that we see so often, and I tell young people all the time, there's a reason why the devil tries to get you when you're young. He wants to waste your best years. He wants you to grow up and be old and grumpy. He wants you to always talk about what you would have done or what you could have done or always want you reminiscing in the past. The enemy recognizes that that, that those that are blessed, those that have had much opportunity, does everybody understand what I'm saying in here today? He tries to cut us down before we can mature. Somebody say mature. Before we can mature into the plan God has. There are some places that God will not take us because he can't trust us. He looks at our lives and he says, I've blessed them with this. I've, I've given them this opportunity. I, I gave them this experience. And, and you've heard me say this before. I'm at a place now in my life where I, I, I don't give the devil credit for stuff anymore. And I believe that the devil is busy. How many of y'all know he is? Come on, say amen. How many of you know he's at work? Come on, say amen. How many know for sure, Show sure enough that he's at work? Listen, don't, don't I ain't crazy now. I ain't blind. He is at work. No doubt about it. As a matter of fact, we are told by the pen of inspiration that right now the Spirit of God is being withdrawn from the earth. All hell is breaking out in our world. People are crazy. People are losing their minds. People are having thoughts to do things that they never had thoughts before. We're entertaining temptations that we never entertained before. The devil's that are all out of attack. He's going after any family now. He's not just going after folk in the projects. He's not just going after folk who, 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 who appear to be worldly. Help me today to preach this thing, God. He is not just attacking what we, what we would assume is the devil's playground. We're in a world now where no place is safe. Please hear me today. Nobody. But one minute, all is well. One minute, God is blessing. One minute, the money is coming in. One minute, the marriage is going fine. One minute, your child is doing well in school. And before you realize that the devil finds a way to sneak in. And then you begin to say to yourself, what happened? What happened? Do y'all feel me today? I have, I have, I have, I have been driven my whole life by the approval of men. But when God set me free from that, and I began to live a life that is, that, is, that is in view of him, that looks for his approval. Somebody know what I'm talking about today. Where well, you don't need a pat on the back or anybody to recognize you or anybody to high-five you. I'm telling you, this will move your life to levels beyond belief. There is no checklist of things to accomplish. There's one thing on the list. Fear God. Give glory to him for the hour of his judgment has come. If, if we could just get our focus. But many of us are blowing opportunities. Many of us are sitting here right now and we just, you know, we, we, try, we come here and we ignore everything that is being said. We try to disguise our woes and our depression and our regret and our failures with religious talk, with our jobs, with pseudo. Success. We put the right clothes on. We get the nice hairstyles. And we think that will cover up how we really feel. The truth of the matter is God is calling us back to truth. And I've told you this over and over again. The first work of the Holy Spirit is to get you to understand who you really are. God wants you to have a clear conception, self actualization, self disclosure, self revelation. He wants you to get to a point where you're no longer hiding anymore. You're no longer wallowing in darkness, but you're willing to admit, I need the Lord. And I just figure, because I know you're here today, that many of us are not where God has for us to be in our spiritual lives, in our professional lives. in our our relationships, because we've tried to do it ourselves. And haven't you been to a place in your life where God will just take the bottom bottom out from you? Everything that was important, everything that mattered, everything that gave you stability. I know I'm telling the truth today. God will remove stability from your life to get you to a place where you recognize where your health comes from. To get you to a place where you learn how to pray, not just when you want something, but you begin to pray because you just need God whether you feel like you need him or not. And our church is troubled today because as I read this passage of scripture and I look at our church and I look at our families and as I look at our young people, y'all hear me today, I, I, I believe from the pastor to the pew, many of us are spiritually woulda, coulda, shoulda. We, we love being in the middle. We're not as bad as we used to. You know, we've been saying that. I'm not what I used to be. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah praise God. Thank God, thank God. I, listen, let's praise God. Let's thank him. Come on, somebody. You ain't, no, you ain't crazy like you used to be. You ain't cussing folk out. No, you ain't at the club anymore, some of you. No, you ain't sleeping around anymore, some of you. No, you ain't, you ain't getting high, some of you. No, you're not. No, you're not, you're not what you used to be. But many of us find, find unrealistic comfort in the idea that we're not where we used to be. But the truth of the matter is, we stopped right here. And just because you're not like them, and just because you're not what you used to be, does not mean, hear me right now, please, does not mean that God is satisfied with where you are. Oh, I'm going to go here. Desperate people do desperate things. Oh, there's a commercial series I, I like. Man, it's a beer commercial. Y'all forgive me, but I like, uh, well, can I say, yeah, I like the message a little bit. Uh, you know, uh, this, this guy, the Dos Eques, some of you have seen it. Uh, if you watch sports, it comes on all the time. There's this guy. He's the most interesting man in the world. He doesn't do anything wrong. He does everything right. You know, he, he once had an awkward moment just to see how it felt. That's the guy he is. He's real cool and, and at the end of the commercial they have this tagline that says stay thirsty my friends. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Uh, I mean in a spiritual sense, see people that are successful, people that grow, people that mature, people that get blessed are people who never get comfortable with where they are. Yeah. Yeah. They're people that stay thirsty. They stay hungry. They just don't read the Sabbath school lesson, but they pull out their Bibles. They just don't listen to what the preacher's sermons, but they, they get books and they study and they fast and they pray and they show up to power night and they go to conferences and they go to camp meeting. They're too desperate to sit at home and watch television. They're hungry for God. Because they recognize this, and here's my transition point as I get in the text today. They recognize that God, has invested too much in them for them to cap out where they are. Let me just say what I'm saying. People will look at me and they will say, well, uh, he's pastoring a church, he's working on his doctorate, middle class, his wife's a dentist, you know, he's doing fairly well, he's, he's moral, he's clean cut, he made it. And I'll tell you, I know better. I'm nowhere near where God would want me to be right now. The minute you get to a place where you you get satisfied with where you are, how come nobody's challenging themselves? Whether there's a preacher or not, you ought to have something stirring in you where, where you look back at all the blessings of God and you look back at all the opportunities given and you look back at all the miracles that he has wrought, and you look at all the great deliverances that He's brought you from and you keep saying to yourself, God wants more. God wants more from me. I, I can't stay right here. I can't just agree with this. I, I've got to go higher. In this text of Scripture... The Bible says that a situation happened where some Galileans were killed in cold blood at church on a Sabbath. So get the picture. If you're hungry, you're going to get this. At church on Sabbath, killed in cold blood while they're offering their sacrifices. The equivalent of that is, you're in here, you're paying your tithe and offering, or or you, you enjoy you let your hands are lifted during praise and worship, and somebody comes in here with a gunman and just blows your brains out. What happened in the text is, the people of God assumed that because they died at church the way they died, that they were being punished by God because of something they did wrong. Oh come on in here, y'all know y'all do that. If something bad happens to somebody, if uh, you know, we automatically assume that the blessing of God is not over their lives. Or that they must have done something wrong. That if you do A B. And the truth of the matter is, you can do A, B, and C the right way. And guess what? Stuff stuff will still mess up in your life. Talk to me in here. You can do it the right way. You can send your child to every Avenue school on the planet. And that does not guarantee that your children are gonna act right and do right. You just can't. And so they assumed, and they and so they got all puffed up and said. You know, God, you know, they die because they were messed up. And this is what the Lord said to them. He said, I want you to be careful. Don't assume, listen now, don't assume that because you're alive, please don't, please don't Don't assume that, hear me, hear me. Gosh, help me with this transitional point here, God. Help me, Holy Ghost. Don't assume, the Lord says, that because you're alive, I'm pleased with you. anything, you're alive because I'm not. You're not ready to die yet. I still have you here because I'm waiting on you. I'm still dealing with your trifling self. Lord have mercy. Help me God today. Help me Lord. I'm still dealing with you because you're not there yet. And so, in Jesus, in his indelible way, because they could not get it, he says, I got to teach them a parable. <laughs> you know, that was Jesus' preaching method. Jesus did not open up a Bible and teach. He would tell par- parabolic stories because they were seeing but could not see. They were hearing but could not hear. I feel that right now. There are times I'm preaching, and, and listen, I know that the iron is cutting me. And so it should be cutting everybody else. Come on, say him up, man. And, and I've done this before, where, where when you're hearing, you're not hearing what the Spirit is saying to you. You are hearing what the Spirit... And I'm going to be honest. There are more times than not that I'm listening for what he's saying to them than I'm listening to what he's saying to me. You have got to fight it. Oh, no, no, no. You're talking to me, Lord. Right, let me get my focus here and you're looking around, and you're hearing this, and you can tell by the amens. V's got an amen. Amen? Them ain't for you. You know, come on, say amen. Well, preach it, pastor. Deal with it, pastor. Listen, how many folks shout when the, when, when the word of God is kicking your behind? You can't say nothing. Come on, say amen. I mean, it's hard. <laughs> Help me, Lord. You know what I'm saying? And so, and so we, so Jesus is trying to help them. They could not see. Three years he's preaching. Three years he's teaching the word of God. And they're in his face and they still don't get it. Oh, God, help me right now. There are some folk, please, God, help me. There are some folk right now who, you're sitting here, but you haven't gotten it yet. The light hadn't clicked off yet. He's talking about you. He's dealing with you. He's trying to speak to you. Stop. Oh, I've been saying this since I've been here. But but God, you're not letting me go on this. Stop trying to get everybody else fixed and let God work in you. So watch this. Watch what he says. He said, a man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard and he went to look for fruit on it but did not find any a man planted a fig tree what kind of tree everybody in his vineyard now notice this now see i'm not a farmer i'm not into gardening but based on my studies, what they would do in order to give a certain taste of vineyard suggests that there are grapes there. What they would do to give a certain taste to the wine is they would put other fruit trees in the garden in order that the ingredients and nutrients would all mix together and it would, it would give flavor to the grape juice, all right? So there was a, oh, thank God. God specifically put this fig tree in this garden for that reason. The second reason is, is that fig tree soil, the kind they use, is more advantageous for a fig tree. Which is to say, God put this tree, and I'm talking about you. God put this tree in the perfect location. Your life has been perfect. Molested? Perfect. Mom and dad divorced? Perfect. Got cancer? Perfect. Been abused? Perfect. Lost jobs? Perfect. Have people to tell you that they don't love you, you won't be anything, you ain't gonna never amount? Perfect. The Bible says God put the tree, and i got to believe that wherever God puts us, it's the right place. Oh, thank you, God. Help me to preach this today. Wherever God puts us, it's the right place. No matter. Thank you, God. No matter. Thank you. Somebody's getting this today. No matter what you've been through. Lord, oh, are you hearing me? Listen to me, Glendale. No matter what your story is, come on in here, somebody. My Bible says all oh, things work on it. If you grew up in East Cleveland in a house that looked like a bomb had gone off in it, if you had roaches climbing up in your walls, if your mama cussed you out every day, if you were molested, abused, neglected, mistreated, left to die, guess what? It was perfect. God, thank you, Lord. See, you have, <laughs> you have had to bend through something to know what I'm talking about right now. Because what you can do is You have have a couple choices. You can look at your life and say, what a messed up life. And you can live your life with this low level of animosity. And see, it'll come out. And what I mean is, is you can tell when somebody is really not happy about life. They can try to cover it up. They can sing. They can dance. They can preach. But there's always this little negative there's always this little, this little anger, this little bitterness that rises to the top. They were talking about it in Sabbath school today. You can say, man, it's a great day outside. And they'll say, but I heard it's supposed to rain later. And so you have a choice. Either you can look at your life and know that the hand of God has been upon you every step of the way. Or you can choose to assume that my life has been run by the devil. I choose to believe (laughs) that he has been with me. I choose to believe that he has walked with me. I choose to believe that the only reason I ain't lost my mind is because he's been keeping my mind. I choose to believe that the only reason I'm not locked up, the only reason I don't have AIDS, the only reason I ain't killed nobody is because he put his hands on me. He put you right where he wanted you. Did he not do it? First thing I want to do is I want to convince you by the power of the Holy Spirit that where you are, God knows. Now I'm going to tell you why he has you where he has you in a minute. You see, it was disappointing to Jesus. Jesus. To come to a fig tree, look for fruit, and find none. My Caribbean sister, you like this one, don't you? You ain't studying this apple. It's this mango. I put this in here just for you. Now, according to the text... Look here. Look here. Y- y'all forgive me. <laughs> according to the text. Excuse me. Look at here. I'm going to teach you something in a minute. Look at the text here. The Bible says in verse 7, he's, he, put a, he planted a fig tree. Now, it's, it's, the, the leaves are everywhere. When you see leaves... On a fruit tree, the assumption is that there's fruit somewhere around there. Any country folk around here? Any country folk up in here from Cleveland? Oh, have mercy. All these city folk around here make me nervous. (laughs) And so, listen now. According to scholars, look at the text here. The Bible says, so, verse seven, so he said to the man who took care of the vineyard for how many years? For how many years? He says, "For now remember that, for three years now, I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Now, when we read that text, we're like, oh, how harsh. Cut it down. Now, come on, we're we talking about a tree. You planted a tree. Now, scholars say that he says, for three years, I've been looking and found none. According to the scholars, this is actually year number four. excuse me, is year number six. Their first three years, when you had a fruit-bearing tree, according to Leviticus, the 28th chapter, when you had a fruit-bearing tree, you gave the first three years of it to God. So according to the text, the assumption is, is that when he comes looking for fruit, he's come looking for that which is due him. So he's in year six now. You're not, come on, talk to me, y'all. If you put up a fig tree in the best conditions, the best soil, the best experiences, you got a gardener there, the Bible says, to make sure, watching after it, looking for something to happen for six years and no fruit. What I'm trying to figure out is, how come he ain't cut it down after the first three years? If you had a tree and, it, and, and you want, it's not there for decorations... The tree, the tree is there so it can drop some fruit. If it doesn't have none, I get it. Cut it down. Does that make sense? Yeah. Come on, talk to me, y'all. Yeah. Now, remember, we're talking spiritually. What God is saying to us is, I have invested a lot in you. Yeah. But you first have got to agree that you are blessed. Yeah. See, people make excuses for not becoming what God wants them to be because they automatically say, my life wasn't good. So, when my life gets good, then I'll do good for God. But listen here now. Whatever your lot, God ought to teach you to say, it is well. Three years. Can I talk about appearance for a minute? Can I talk about appearance? Listen here, Seventh day Adventists. Everybody else, close your eyes and your ears. Listen to me. This thing has gone too far now. I was talking with uh, one of the members of the church this week. Somebody gets baptized, right? And they still have earrings on, right? They may still smoke a little bit, right? Still may drink a little alcohol every now and then, right? Still playing with pork every now and then. Now y'all bet now. See, the, the rights are getting a little weak now. See, listen. The truth is, we want people to have appearance. We're comfortable when they look right. You know, you just I mean, tell the, I'm. A, I'm. A, I'm a, listen. I'm a listen, fourth generation Adventist. That's my mama. There's still some things I say. I just get it. Just agitates me because I'm a cult. I'm a cultural Adventist. It just agitates me. Don't worry, we're gonna talk about this enough time. Some of y'all just waiting. Please, pastor, deal with these issues. No, I wanna deal with the heart first. The, pro- the problem is, is look, the tree had leaves on it. There was an occasion in scripture where Jesus saw a tree with leaves and he was hungry. He says, man, let me go get a fig. He looked up at the tree and there was no figs in it. Jesus cursed the tree. He said, may you never produce fruit or leaves again. I came looking for fruit and couldn't find none. Fruit is not appearance. I hear folks say all the time, and they, and they swear they're on sure footing, they just don't look, they just don't look right. And you do, but there's no fruit. You do. You smell Adventist. You look it? Come on, say amen in here. And some of y'all are tripping because I, I came up in a day where you ain't wear no makeup. And now y'all got it on, don't even play with me. I, I ain't blind. He is looking for fruit first. I'm not saying those things are not, don't have any value. But look, if he comes to a tree and looks for fruit, not appearance, the leaves are gorgeous. I can see him stand, look at those leaves, beautiful. Oh, there's no tree with leaves like this in all of the forest. Now they're out there for about three weeks now, they ain't had nothing to eat. These trees are ugly now. I want something to eat. Come on in here, somebody. What is the purpose of a fruit tree? To bear fruit. Nobody looks at an orange tree and says, my God, look at the leaves. (laughs) Beautiful. People come to fruit trees looking for fruit. God... Called you to bear fruit. Amen. Let's look at some text real quick. Uh, Luke seven, Luke seven, and I'm gonna wrap. I'm gonna tie this thing down with my last point. Luke seven says, verse fifteen: Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing. This is good, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit by their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise every good tree what kind of tree did I say everybody? Every good tree bears good fruit. But a bad tree bears bad fruit. Verse eighteen. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit. And a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Verse 20. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize it. Listen, listen. Please, please hear me. Please hear me. The Lord is saying, fruit is what tells Who you are. Galatians 5. Let's go there. I'm done with this apple. This mango right here. Whip the skin. I'll eat it. Look at here. In verse uh, 22, Galatians 5. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy, 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 peace, patience, kindness, kindness, kindness. One of the first Bible texts my mom taught me was be ye kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven kindness show mean self. Shut up. Shut your mouth when you get some love in your heart, some joy in your heart, some patience. Don't you try to cut trees down? That ain't your job. What else does it say? I got apples all over my notes. Uh, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and you and and self control. First thing that come to your mind? Don't you say it? Somebody said to me the other day. Remember old school? If you don't got nothing good to say. Is fruit. Church attendance ain't even on the list. Tithe paying ain't on there. Years of service ain't on there. Name on the roll, ain't on y'all see y'all don't want to talk to me. You already you're thinking, but, 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 but no, you gotta have fruit. Is not readily seen by the eye. It's something that happens in the inside. I'm gonna preach this till I'm dead. The, the Lord wants to change the heart. Let God deal with hearts. But we want people to look right first. That's backwards. I know this ain't old school Adventism, but this is Bible. The Bible says he is looking for love, joy, peace, meekness. (laughs) Against such there is no law. So let's tie it down. In verse 7. For three years now, I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree. Haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soul? Why should it waste the space? Why why should God keep you alive? Why? For what? Well, not really. Are you God's gift to creation? I was just having a conversation last night with Kishon. I'm not called to the ministry because I'm great. God called my carcass so I can be saved. If none of y'all in here get saved, I'm going to be saved. I'm going to hear somebody. Or y'all can go to hell. I'm not going. I'm called to ministry not because I'm just such a gifted person. I just happen to be the only dude at this time that God just wants to use right now. If he can can use anything, Lord, come on, sir. He can use me. He's trying to save me. So watch this, look at the strategy. So much I want to say, but I have no time. Look at the strategy. He said, all right now, we've had six years with this tree. Six years, can't get one mango, not one. If it's a watermelon patch, now I know I get the help from y'all in here, no watermelons on it. You've been fooling with that thing. And this is what he said, he said, look at all the stuff I've done. All I've done, got a solution. What is it, Lord? Look here. He says, sir, the man replied, verse 8, leave it alone for one more year. Bless his name. Bless his name. One more year. And some of you right now are working on that year. Been trying to get through to your hard head for 40 years. And you're still looking at everybody else. But the Lord, he has, it's been six years now with this tree. He, it's the smart thing to do to cut it down. It's taking up space. It's taking nutrients away from places where it could go. And nobody's getting fed. Cut it down. But no, ha. He comes in and assesses the situation and says, every single factor I see says, cut it down. Uh, Give it one more year. That doesn't make any sense, my brother. Well, grace doesn't make sense. Mercy makes no sense. That's right, that's right. Hallelujah. God is so kind to us. When I, when I got up y- uh, yesterday morning, the first thing that came out of my mouth was, thank you. Yeah. Hey, look. Hey, hey, hey. Just because I'm young. Amen. Yeah. All my young folks say I'm old now. Come on, somebody. 34 still young. Come on. Say thank the Lord. I don't take for granted that I should be here. It is because of his mercies that I'm not consumed. They are new every morning. Every time I open up my eyes and I'm able to see, every time I'm able to hear, every time i got air in my lungs, every time I'm able to praise his name, every time the doors of the church are open and I'm in the number, i got to thank him for one more year. He should have cut you off. He should have threw you away. He should have set you on fire. He should have left your sorry behind alone a long time ago. But grace and mercy has allowed you to be here one more year. He said, but if I'm going to leave around here, he said, I got to fix it. Get some fruit out of it. I got to go to my plan B. What's plan B, Lord? Take some doo doo. Dung does not offend enough. Take some doo doo. From a cow, that's what it says. And, and dung around it. You see, y'all know this already. To, to fertilize, to get the nutrients out, you got to put the worst on it. And they say that the gardener would not take a shovel in those days. He'd roll up his sleeves and put his hands down in the mess. And then he'd take it and he takes. take He's walking over. He's got mess all in his hands. And he's throwing it around the roots of the tree. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. What am I saying to you? That God's way to get fruit out of you is to put mess in your life. God knows what he's dunging. (laughs) Hey! Hey! Some of y'all, Lord have mercy. Keep me from saying what I really want to say. Some of y'all, oh, Lord, help me. I'm, I want to say it, but you got to. Lord, help me, Lord. Some of y'all need crap in your life. Help me, God, today. You see. You see, you will not see God unless he allows some unpleasant things. Unless he allows some things that don't feel right and and that are uncomfortable and that rub you the wrong way. And he puts enemies in your lives and he takes away opportunities and he causes sickness and he allows fallout and he allows you to get to the breaking point. But he's doing that because he still believes he can get some fruit out of it. Hey, look, write me a letter, all right? If you've got a problem, write me a letter. But I'm at a point now where i got so much junk around. And see, and see, Lord have mercy, even a baby doesn't like being in their own stuff. They'll start crying, won't they now? But see, God knows that the fertilizer, the nutrients to make it grow is in the unpleasantness of the situation. Anybody going through right now? Anybody dealing with hell right now? Anybody got the enemy all over your back right now? Listen, I got news for you. God is fertilizing you. God is dealing with you. God is preserving you. God is blessing you. God is working in you. Lift up your hands. Oh, ye gates and be ye lifted up. The next level is through dung. You got to have it. If you don't have it, you will not grow. Want this old petty, namby-pamby kind of religion where you always look good and you always got it together and you always carry your Bible the right way and your kids always do the right thing and your marriage always looks good. You just, you got all the leaves on. The fig leaves are all there. And you just know how to wave your hand a certain way. And you can teach it a certain way. And you can talk it a certain way. But God says, sometimes I got to let it hit the fan. Now, see, really hear what I'm saying today. This is not, please help me now. See, uh, hey, work in the focus. Listen to me. Any man would follow him. He's got to take up his cross. This thing ain't for the for for the faint of heart. Walking the road of Calvary is not not some old cool thing that you do to get browning points with other people. This thing sometimes is humiliating. Sometimes this thing stinks. Sometimes this thing is uncomfortable. Sometimes this thing makes you feel certain ways. And and sometimes you can't shout and you you can't lift up your hands. And the pressure is all on you. and, And you got things you're going through. But I got news for you today. He knows what he's doing. He knows just the right amount to put on top of you. So that when you're done, fruit comes out. Let me close with this. Y'all feel me today? I mean, listen now. Y'all, you know, I'm I'm crazy. I know I am. I say stuff, but I mean what I say. Listen here. I was talking to Randall Giles the other day. We were talking about this. He brought something to my attention. (laughs) Fruit is to be eaten. Fruit trees don't bear fruit so that people can say, ooh, look at that fruit. It looks good. It's to be harvested. It's to feed people. Listen, now, this is, this is why you're going through so much because you don't yet get the idea that you're on this planet to feed. Let's just say we took away the seventh day out of the week, where most of us rise and shine. What are you doing on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday, Thursday and Friday that's feeding some folk? Now, the Bible says that the seed is the word of God. But the seed is tucked in succulent, delicious fruit. Nobody... Wants bitter fruit. If you're going to give it to me like this, I got to be sick. If you're going to give it like, you better put some sugar in that thing. Have a little water. Come on, say amen. They say when life hands you lemons, make lemonade. But see, notice the sweetness of the fruit is to make what God has done in your life attractive. If you always walking around here, come on, Michelle. Come on. Yeah. Like the world owe you something? Criticizing everything, just mad about everything. You know, it can't nobody do it right except you. You know. Is that the Holy Spirit in you? You got no love, ain't no joy in you. What? What you have, people should want. The reason why God wants to bless you, oh, thank you, God, is not so that you can just be blessed. He wants the blessings to go through your life. Listen, listen, listen. But there are so many of us out here. Can I tell y'all you this? You're trying to figure out right now, some of you are like, why is God allowing all this stuff to happen to me? Why am I going through all this? And listen, God knows that you will not be attractive to people if you ain't never been through nothing. People don't want to talk to people who ain't been nowhere. God gave you your story because he knows somebody can relate to it. It's amazing how saying, I struggle with porn, can be spiritually attractive to somebody. Because they say to themselves, not that I want to do that, but if he struggled and he's victorious, then I want what he has. I had cancer. It's going to be attractive to somebody who has cancer and is dealing with it. Your testimony can help them. Are y'all feeling me in here today? God is, God is allowing you to experience everything you're experiencing because he wants you to get to a place where you start feeding folk. You have not, you're not there yet. Your spiritual maturity has not blossomed you there. For the most part, your walk with Christ is selfish. I can't make this easy today. But by the grace of God, you know you're, you're, you're in something right now. It's unpleasant. It stinks. It doesn't feel good. But at least you know now that God gave you one more year. One more year. One more chance. Uh, Not not one more chance. Another chance. If you're thankful about that today, I want you to get on your feet. I want you to get on your feet. Get on your feet. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. 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 All right, now let's do this. Selfishness got a hold of you. Selfishness has got a hold of you. Selfishness has got a hold of you. Now this is going to take some serious, I don't want any movement in the house of God right now. Nobody leaving. No doors opening and closing. Everyone's still right now. Selfishness. Me. You. It, that's been your focus. And the only reason why you know that is because the Holy Ghost told you. The preacher didn't tell you that. You're just getting, confirmation has come from the word today, and you know it's time to step out of selfishness into service for humanity, into loving people, into letting them in your space so that you might feed them. If 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 you're one of them folk, selfishness has got a gold on you, and by the grace of God, you want to be free from that by his grace. I want you to move out of your seat and come down here right now. I, I, I don't have no pretty way to make that. God knows what he's dunging. And so we ain't going to make this pretty today. You Now this is a, bu- listen, if I'd have told you, those of you who just want to do the right thing, come on. Everybody would come, but nobody wants to look selfish. But I'm down here right now. Because the Lord told me my life is not consumed with agape love. I'm looking for folk to give it back in return. And if you're looking for it in return, you're selfish. God says you just love because you love. You just give because you give. You're just blessed because, you, because God has blessed you. You ain't looking for nobody to give it back. You're not looking for anything in return. You're just glad. You're just glad that you're alive. Anybody else? If ain't nobody else in here selfish, we ought to have been translated by now. Anybody in here know what I'm talking about today? Just want to move out of your? I'm going to wait on you. I'm going to wait on you. I'll wait on you. I'll wait on you. You've just been taking stuff in. The blessings of God have been coming into you. Now God says it's time to release. It's time to release. It's time to bless. It's time to take care of others. It's time to focus not on what has happened to you, but it's now it's time to serve. Anybody else? Even your service. Some of you are serving, but your service is selfish. I want to walk in the newness of You easily hurt You're easily offended because it's about you. When it ain't about you no more, it doesn't matter what folks say. Doesn't matter what they don't do. Doesn't matter if they don't come. Doesn't matter if they don't support. You ain't doing it to get support. You're doing it because his mercy has been enduring in your life forever. Why is it so hard? Why is it It's because of self. Man, this thing this thing will kill you. There's only one sin. One. There's, no, there's only one sin. And it's love. It's love in the wrong direction. And there's only one righteousness. It's love in the right direction. Self-love. Love of the approval of men. Love of getting something in return. Love of being recognized. Love of being appreciated. You just need to be free from that right now. You just want to serve. I just want to serve. I'm like David. I'm just glad to be a doorkeeper. I shouldn't even be up in here today. Just let me in. I'll sit the back seat. I don't got to be up pr- front. I don't got to preach. Put me down in the kitchen. I'll clean bathrooms. Whatever I got. I'm just glad that the Lord has been good to me. Nobody has to know my name. I'm not gonna do just to, a certain to, job. If I well, he's been too good. He's been I too good. To does anybody feel me in here today? He's been too I kind! I have to go each and every day. Tell me what does When God finds a person that gets self out of it, he will hold nothing back from them, Nothing. As it is so now, God is trying be. to bring blessings our way. But he's, he's saying, if I get it here, it won't go nowhere. I'm going to hold it up. I'm going Lord, Lord. to hold it up. Any, any, where are my young folk at? I want some teenagers, some young people who, hey, you may not be able to understand all the deep things, theologically, but one thing you heard loud and clear today is that God has been good to me and I want to give my life back to him in return. Have I gotten some young folk in here that will just press through the crowd and come down here right now? I want some young folk in here who are bold about Christ. I want some young folk in here. Your life does not seem perfect, but now you know that all the stuff you're going through is what God is using to make you blow up in his name. Have I got it? Where are my kids at? Where are my kids? Come on, come on right now. Any young folk want to be prayed for? You had a bad week? Come on down here right now. Move right now in the name of Jesus. Give them space. Let them get in here right now. Anybody need to be baptized? Next week we're having baptism. Put your hand in the air. You need to be baptized. You've been fighting this thing. Have you been showing up to church with somebody else just because you're supposed to, but the Holy Ghost has touched your heart today, and you're saying to yourself, it's now time for me to do what's right? Listen to me. Holy Lord, the only way I can appeal to you it's by the goodness of God. Hold on one second, Michelle, because I, I don't want this to be lost in the music. Listen here. This is what I'm asking by the power of the Holy Spirit. If God has been good to you, if he's invested in you, if he's blessed you, come give your life to him right now. Be baptized. Start afresh with him. Nothing else. I'm not saying, is it a good church? Are the people right? Are they kind to you? Is there any hypocrites in there? Listen, this is about him. It's about him. What I'm saying is, do you need to come back to the Lord? Do you need to come to him for the first time? And your only reason you're coming is because he has loved you so much that you got no other choice but to give yourself back to him. If you're here, just put your hand in the air. God bless you. God bless you. you. Come over here, Gail. Come here, Gail. Anybody else need to be baptized? Anybody need to come back to the Lord? That's the bottom line. You're just saying God's been good. God has been good. Do You need to be in this baptism coming up. And you're only, I don't know, understand everything, but I just know he's been good. And whatever he has done, I just want to honor him. I just want to honor him. Is there anybody else here today?